Welcome, Sacred Disruptor, to the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your guide, Sabrina Riccio, modern medicine priestess, golden age business mentor, and marketing muse for spiritual entrepreneurs. In this sacred temple, we explore what it means to embark on your spiritual journey towards sovereign embodiment, multidimensional leadership, and social justice while honoring a business of integrity. Gathered here are some of the world's leading mentors, healers, and revolutionists alike as they share activating codes of guidance and transmissions of wisdom that will empower you to thrive. As a sovereign leader, you are here, embodied in your truth and on your evolutionary mission to answer the call, move the masses, and activate your legacy for the generations to come. You are here to unleash your medicine. Welcome home. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your guide, Sabrina Riccio, and happy 420. You know, this is always a special day for me (laughs) um, because I have such a deep respect for plant medicines and how they really helped me on my deep healing journey and starting off this year with so much death and grief and just navigating through my own health journey over the months, past few months, almost a year now. I'm just really grateful for the wisdom I learned from those deep plant medicine journeys that have really allowed me to be the leader that I am, not just for my community, but for myself as I navigate through this. And, you know, there's a lot of really amazing, amazing sovereign leaders out there who are answering the call and sharing with the world who they are, sharing with the world their journey unapologetically and just allowing themselves to be authentic and genuine and real with who they are and just sharing it out into the world and seeing, especially lately, how more and more people are responding to that with so much respect and gratitude and appreciation really has restored my faith in humanity. And I know we're only going to continue to soar to higher heights and the noise outside can't steer us off course from doing God's work, living out our divine mission and divine purpose. And if there's anyone who's doing it, it's this guest. I have Aishophilia. You may have remembered her from the Girlfriend Manifesto, but she's decided to really step into her power and her sovereign embodiment. And literally this conversation you're about to hear has so many parallels that I just, it's a soul sister. And I recorded this podcast during a really, really challenging time. And, you know, it was just a beacon of love. That's it. And I know this is going to be for you as well. Um, So, you know, in this episode, we're talking a lot about embracing your business's deva throughout the evolutionary journey and how to become more lucid in your life and how we can understand that grief can become your ally. And this is the biggest thing that I've learned throughout my life. And like I said, so much of this conversation just parallels to what I've been writing in my book and sharing with you all here. So I encourage you to really hone in and to listen. But we also talked about sovereign leadership and the importance of nourishing your needs first, as well as the alchemical process of transmuting pain into power 
and how we can really transcend the hustle of the matrix to cultivate spiritual awareness. And of course, and with today being 420, we talked a lot about cultivating a healthy relationship with plant medicines and your soul's evolutionary journey. So like I said, I have such a deep respect for Aisha. Like this woman is so incredible and it's so fun how I see so many people that I love and care about follow this incredible leader on Instagram. So I'm like, all right, her medicine is infusing into my soul squad. It's such a powerful one in my life and just the impact this woman's making. I appreciate her so much. She also has an incredible retreat in Mexico coming up in May, May 12th to the 15th. So just to really help hold that space and to be that container because, you know, I think there's just been so much time where we've really away from each other, I should say, and it's time for us to come together and to gather. And that's what Aisha's doing with the Way of the Heart Retreat in Mexico. And so if you want to embark on this journey, I invite you to check out the link in my bio. And there's just so much medicine I know is going to be really impactful for you as it was me. But if you don't know who Aisha is, Aisha Ophelia has really built her purpose and her life around her, what she calls patchwork creativity, which I love. And just this woman really carries a deep passion for people, plants, and potential. And we talked a lot about the passion and purpose and how they really go hand in hand. Because if you understand and embrace your passions, you'll recognize your deeper purpose and your why for being here. So she's amongst other things as a facilitator, a coach, a creator, a spiritual provocateur, and a complicated woman, which I just love too. Again, this woman is just the definition of authentic, sovereign being, leader. I love her. And She's the creator, like I said before, of the Girlfriend Manifesto, Society of Wild Hearts, and she's diving in deeper into the world of conscious media, which I'm looking forward to see how and where, I should really say, where she takes her medicine. But speaking of which, if you're ready to take your medicine to higher heights, I am currently accepting applications for Sovereign CEO, which is my three or six month business bless up experience where we're going to be diving in deeper with systems and strategy and overall medicine of your brand and of you so that you can really take your business, your brand and your vision to higher heights. So if you're interested and you want to apply, I invite you to check out sabrinariccio.com slash sabrina dash excuse me, slash Sovereign CEO. And uh, I'm excited to be helping you. There's been so many incredible transformations that have gone on through this experience. And if you're ready to take that leap and you want to really hone in and integrate the medicine that comes through into the summer and just really take it to the next level, I'm here for you. Best believe I'll be rooting for you. But this episode, like I said, super special. We talk about it all. We talked about the metaverse too and how we just need to focus on this planet and really make a difference here and now. So let's dive in. I'm so excited to hear what you think. Leave a rating and review on iTunes if you want to help support us. And if you want to watch this, you can also check it out on YouTube and share this conversation with your friends. But in the meantime, let's dive in with I Show Ophelia. Enjoy. Enjoy.
Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your guide, Serena Riccio, and I've been waiting a very, very long time for this conversation. And I was like, you know what? I got to reach out to her. I'm so just grateful for the medicine and the answer of the call that Aisha here, Aisha Ophelia has been doing. And it's been really amazing too, because I've seen how your brand has evolved as well. And there was a lot of similarities between you and I. Like I remember when I first started, I was going by Shamanessa Gadessa and you mm-hmm. had the Girlfriend Manifesto. And I think both of us really heard this call of we need to step into our power and not hide behind this mask or a brand name. Is that true? Like, I'm curious to hear what was what was the initiation that was like, hey, I'm going to change my Instagram handle. I'm going to show up as myself and I'm going to lead as myself. Yeah. You know what? I've been having sort of this love affair with masks. And I mean, I'm coming today with hair that would be almost impossible for me to have. And some could say <laughs> this is a mask, but I actually have been realizing that there's something about, well, for me, it felt more like a revealing because it wasn't like a a decision I'd wrestled with for a long time. It just sort of was like the evolving of, of the brand. And I think it's it, sometimes the only reason that I'm talking to you now is because I had an idea that felt um, big enough for me to act on where, where I didn't have to be up front because that's something that I really have reluctantly sort of gone along with. Like, okay, this is part of the work. You know, this is the work mm. that I feel sort of like I get little nudges, you know, cause I could be like in the kitchen, just being creative and doing a bunch of things and then just kind of presenting it to people. But for me, it was just a nudge. I got one night, I ended up saying yes to this really, <laughs> I got an email from someone being like, I'd like to offer you a reading. And she said a lot more stuff in the email and I just felt compelled. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And really for the first, it ended up being like this two hour long reading where I was like, Oh my God, like, I don't even know how to get off the phone with this person. And we've joked about it. So this is like totally cool that I'm telling it, but I feel like I was waiting for the last 10 minutes to really get this message. And she was just a woman that had, she was just a woman whose, whose voice I could hear clearly when she said, you know, like, I love that name, but there's something about your own name and your initials in this way. And I was like, you know what? Actually, that feels right. Like that was what I was coming here for. And I literally got off the call with her and I said, okay, if my name's available on Instagram, it's just like this seamless, I thought it took like a week for it to change, but it was like, bam, you know, and it just Mm -hmm. happened right away. And I was like, oh, do I like tell people or people going to be confused if they're looking for me? And so Mm -hmm. on some level, it does feel like I'm just, I'm revealing more, but that I needed the girlfriend manifesto until a certain point. And actually heard something today and it was like this little self inquiry. So maybe people who are listening can take it. And it's like, are you a person that stays in the building way too long? Like the building's burning and you're just kind of hanging out and it was like giving you a set of instructions to do, or are you someone who sort of listens and then and does it? And for me, it was like, I can sometimes stay with things long after, um, their value has, um, reached its peak. Right. But for, for me, it just was like, okay, it's just like, it's time to reveal the next level. I'm ready to do that. And it felt seamless. I love that. Yeah. It's interesting because I recently started a brand new Instagram from scratch. So in a way I had like over 10,000 followers, but I just wanted, I just heard clean slate. 
And so I started back to zero and I had to wait Mm. two weeks for my old handle to transfer to my new account. Um, But yeah, I, I, it's interesting. There's so many of us, we're hearing so many same, same, but different calls to really step Mm -hmm. in and to really show up. But I think that's a lot of the energy of 2022 of the alignment. You know, I think we can't bypass or ignore the path that led us to where we are now. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there comes a time where we need to just like take that leap into this next phase. And mm. sometimes it can be scary because we, I don't even want to say necessarily complacent, but we've been comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're like, okay, well, this is working, but until when, when you actually hear this isn't working anymore, or this, this chapter is complete that it's time for me to, embark on writing the next chapter or to start the new book uh, and to really honor the evolution of who we are and why we're here. Mm, I love that. Yeah. The name of the game has been reinvention. I feel like it, we're being asked to like step in fuller, like step into the light and you're like, okay, I'm in like, come on further, further. It's like this process that, you know, annoyingly or excitingly never ends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I hear you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been interesting to see, and there's been so many people that I've had, even as a guest here that have either started their Instagram from scratch or they're completely shifting directions with the pillars mm-hmm. of their business and yeah. the work they're here to do. Because again, like this is an evolutionary journey and, you know, I think it's important if, if your brand and your business is an, an extension of you to, be comfortable. Like if you've shifted and you've been devoting time, that's what the whole purpose of doing the work is mm-hmm. to honor that evolution. Um, yeah. But if you can honor that, you have to understand that, especially if your business is your like the the face of your business, that mm-hmm. is going to have to evolve alongside with you in order to be in this the sustainability in a way of of being excited of dumping of diving into you know what I mean yeah. because otherwise yeah. it's like ugh, I've been doing this for so long it's not fun and it's not exciting and we have just this beautiful opportunity to really allow our work to be effortless and fun and exciting if we choose yeah to keep to keep going with it do you know um, about your business Deva have you heard this term before no. So it's from a woman and she's incredible. She's like the coach to all the, like the, the, the bigger ones. Um, mm-hmm. Her name's Hero Boga. And that's like that, that, that's not the greatest introduction to her work because it's so soulful, but it's sort of the idea that, so here's your energy. Like you come together with your business and then you create this sort of third energy. That's your business Deva. And it's sort of the guide for your business. And often we get the call and it doesn't quite feel logical. You're like, okay, I'm actually comfortable doing my podcast. And now you're asking me to like scrap it and do this thing. So it's like the energy of the business creates this third energy and asks us for certain things, you know, it, hmm. it, and I've been really wanting to honor what that energy is. And for me, it feels like sort of like my will, the business, and then how people are interacting with it. And that's often how I get my calls to service and to go deeper in. It's like, can you do this thing? And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I can. I've never, I've never run a retreat or this is, you know, back in the past when I was sort of just building the platform with the girlfriend manifesto, I was just really comfortable sharing a lot. And then I was getting asked to do more. And it felt like the soul of my business was like, just nudging me out further and further. And, you know, here we are today. 
Are you finding that? Because are you still running the Holy Smokes podcast or did that business Deva come in and help you evolve in that space too? No, I wouldn't say that's totally scrapped. It still feels some, like something that's um, valid and important and will come back around when, you know, when and if the mm-hmm. energy is there for it. But I feel like such a, a well of creativity. And at the same time, I'm hearing like, focus on this one thing, this part of your business. And so for me, it's this year, it's cultivating uh, my work around dreaming and around sort of the Mm. metaphysics of dreaming. And it's something that I've been really like a student of and interested in and really want to invite people into. And it's not just about your your sleeping dreams, it's about your waking ones and basically Mm. how to become more lucid in your life. You know, like if you're feeling like, oh, I need more love, I need more beauty. There's, there's just, you know, I need, I need to feel more of these things. For me, it's more about lucidity than getting more things. It's not like, oh, I get that thing and then I got it. It's actually becoming awake to a lot of what we already have. And again, our power to sort of bring those other things in. So yeah, I'm feeling guided that. in that, in that way. Yeah. It's funny you say that because something that has, I know for me, ancestrally dreams have always been a big part of my family I think is coming mm-hmm. from an Italian culture. Um, I remember like probably five years ago or so, I bought my mom even like a dream dictionary uh, because something we do is we love to share in the morning or whatever. I, I chat with her. We always share like if there was a prominent dream that came in during our sleep state, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll look at the symbolisms of all these things and also, you know, huh, interesting, or, and really do our best to connect the dots and into our lives. Yeah. So that's something that's been very ancestral for me. So I'm curious, has this been, is this a new thing or is this something deeply rooted? Oh man, this is deep, deep, deeply rooted. I feel like I came in as a dreamer. I basically came Mm. in as a lucid dreamer. And one of the the, my earliest memories is having this dream journal that lit up. And so it's always been a big active part of my life. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until about five or six years ago that I really returned to um, a practice. It had definitely been something that I chart and I talk with my friends a lot about, but I started to go to um, some different dream work events and, and schooling and just sort of really diving in deeper to what to where we go for a third of our lives, people. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's so much power there. There's so much magic. It really has helped me to see myself as a mul- like someone who's existing on multiple dimensions. Um, and that's kind of the, the, the techie, science, nerdy, uh, or just metaphysical uh, God part of it. And then there's the really practical part of it that um, when we go into the dream space and our minds and our brains go into this certain space. It's super, super healing. We're working out a lot of things that, um, we've left, uh, in the waking dream really. And so in the sleeping dream, it's like, I'm going to do this person a favor. I'm going to populate all these things from your subconscious. You're going to have this weird dream where all your teeth fall out or you're naked in front of a bunch of people. And I'm going to leave you with the medicine of it. And sometimes it's literally just bringing back a fragment of the dream to discuss. And, you know, sometimes it's just interacting with the dream. And then sometimes the dream is big and numinous and it literally gives you information about things that are to come down the pike. So for me, dreams are so many things and I'm yeah have been quite obsessed for a while and feels like okay it's time to create something of value for people who um 
yeah, want to want to become more lucid, want to wake up in the dream. I love that. Yeah, you know, I've, I'm in the process of writing my book right now, too. And I'm just thinking a lot about that fourth dimensional of our multidimensional selves, that fourth dimension mm-hmm. of time and space. And, yeah. you know, when we are waking, eight hours feels like a long work day. But when mm-hmm. we're sleeping eight hours, it feels like that. That's and so true. You know what I mean? Just that that shift of, wow, we are actually the ones that are creating time. And yeah. through that time in our dream state, I, sometimes I feel like we're have we're needing this long sleeper, to, of course, to nourish ourselves and whatnot. But there's there's work to be done in the subconscious, yeah. you know. And the only way that we can do it and get out of our own way sometimes is through totally our sleeping state. Yeah. Ooh, I love that you tease that out about the time and space part and how, you know, when we're waking, ooh, that feels good. I like that. I know I have chills all over my body, but this is is what I've been really focusing a lot on because, you know, I've, you know, you were talking earlier about like you still feel with your podcast, there's still something there, but you're being called to this right now. And, you know, for six months, I didn't have this podcast running because I had so many wild health issues of sleepwalking. I've been having a lot of sleepwalking wow. issues and seizures. Okay. I actually had a sleepwalking epi- um, episode two days ago. Mm. And my mom was like, I think you should cancel that podcast interview with you today. And I was like, no, something's telling me like there's medicine there for me that yeah. is to to come. And so I don't feel mm. drained from it. There's There's something there for me to unlock as to what's been unfolding, you know? Yeah. And And I have just like a really practical thing I want to tell you after this about this sort of this dream shaman who, yeah, just remind me to give you a link to some things that may feel um, helpful in the realms of sleepwalking and what could be happening when you're, when you're doing that. Totally. Yeah. And I'll share it in the show notes as well, just in case that there's someone out there uh, who's also navigating through it. But you know, like I said, I've always been connected to the dream state. I'm writing a book that's helping people find alignment and how do we anchor in 5D unity consciousness by transcending the density of the 3D world mm-hmm. and understanding that the time that we do have, which is a gift, um, you know, this is what I was editing yesterday, <laughs> but the time that we do have that is a gift, it's up to us on how we allocate that precious time, that energy, that experience to Mm -hmm. heal, to answer the call, to clean up, um, to integrate. And these are all the things that we need to understand that, you know, you're talking about the waking dreamer and also the sleeping dreamer, but how we allocate our time and with intention and purpose is how we'll be able to unify with God, with our highest self, with our truth, with our blessed up version of ourselves. And these are the things that we need to understand. These are the things that we need to uh, continue to have more conversations around. Um, Because I think when we have the courage to share this or to share our experience, it it can be something that can plant a seed for someone else that is on their journey or navigating through it and doing their best to figure out, you know, am I alone? Like, is there support out there for me? Um, so I think it's really amazing that right now you're being called uh, to really dive deeper into dreams mm-hmm. and that lucid living because there's a lot of craziness going on out there too. And sometimes that dream, you know, can be a place where people can really 
reevaluate things as well. Mm. I love that. And just hearing you speak has brought another dimension to what I'm doing. And like, we're doing the same thing, but using different language. And I was thinking as you were speaking that something that um, gives us that feeling of timelessness is presence. And so when we're asleep, it's like we've put, you know, ideally we've put a lot of our other distractions to sleep. And, you know, sometimes when we're trying to go to sleep, all of those distractions want to come in, but there's something about how we can stretch time and the waking dream when we're fully present. Like, have you ever been with like, it either goes one of two ways. You're falling in love, you're with someone new and time is just sped up. It's like, okay, I've just spent all day with this person, but I just want more and more and more. Or sometimes it, it like slows down to this like dripping honey experience of time. And I know when we're like fully in the matrix, that 3D world, that beta brain, it's like we're on the hamster wheel, right? There's never enough time. I need 12 of me. I need 12 of me. And suddenly we come into our breath. We come into our moment. We release some of the need to have all those things done. And we experience some level of timelessness, right? And I'm like, okay, that's the key. It's like, actually it's presence versus time. You know, it's presence is what really makes us feel... Um, connected to ourselves and the beauty and our loved ones, presence and lucidity are becoming like, oh, it's like kind of the same thing, you know? I love that. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, like, uh, I, like these are all the things that I've just experienced or have really um, learned throughout my own journey. Because it took me a lot of time of doing deep work, but from my subconscious development of my childhood, for instance, yeah. between those deep ages of zero, of zero and eight, I had mm-hmm. a lot of trauma, a lot of death. Yeah. And even having this conversation with you right now, after in the journey of navigating through four deaths in two months right now, um, including uh, my grandmother, you know, she was buried two weeks ago. And then a week mm-hmm. after she passed away, my best friend was found um, dead in a park. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, I'm, I'm recognizing these patterns, right? Cause I had a similar yeah. thing that happened when I was uh, 17 with my best friend from high school and, and my childhood and my grandfather two weeks later. And so it's also interesting to see how these patterns can be in our waking state, but can also mm-hmm. be found in our dream state as well too, when we're mm-hmm. sleeping. And I mm-hmm. think there's golden nuggets there to be found on the medicine that we're here to deliver. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a bigger purpose. And I think if we can shift out of that victim mentality of like, oh my God, all this shit is happening to me over and over again, or this is happening again, or pattern or whatever, into, hey, I'm going to be victorious and I'm going to be able to sh- help other people navigate mm-hmm. through this challenge I once was. There's more compassion that's also um, interwoven into the world, which I think is that love that we came here to help instill in our overall collective consciousness and our reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was trying to, as you're talking, um, one of the things, one of another area that I'm working a lot in is grief Mm. and how we can start to have a new relationship with grief. Uh, Like my, the course is called grief as an ally. And I try to run it two or three times a year because my God, are we not all grieving? We're not, we're all in some form of, um, well, it's called big feelings. So there's, there's how we interact with when we're having these big feelings of grief, of sadness, of loss. How do we, um, 
let that energy transmute through us rather than it turning into density or pain. And maybe because I've been also navigating some physical changes and pain, I'm like, okay, this is like repressed grief and sadness. And usually I get a feel of what it is as it comes up, but I've really been releasing a lot of that old work. And I wanted to read a quote just about how if we don't grieve, it's actually a violence to ourselves because, and I, I don't have the exact quote, but it's by a man named Mar- Martin Preektel, and I'll send it to you afterwards because it's so gorgeous. But it basically just says, you know, when we don't grieve, it is a violence against ourselves. It's a violence against um, who we've loved because really what grief is, is it's loved turned like inward. And so when we grieve, we actually are saying, like, I've loved you. This hurts so much. I've loved you. And our grief is a gift, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've really been trying to create spaces where people can come into the grief lodge and just be grieving because there's really no space for it. It's like, okay, we're going to get back to work. I've got things to do. And even if you're doing this solo, there's a part of yourself that's like, I can't stay in this too long, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe there is some wisdom to that because having a purpose within your grief is going to pull you out of just for some reason, this is the words that were been given to me, but just like your poopy diaper, right? It can feel like that. And grief isn't meant to be, you're not meant to just sit in it, right? Like for me, it's like how you move it, how you channel it, how you become one with it, how you, how you let yourself be changed by it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it feels like we're navigating a lot of the same. Yeah, I was like, I don't even need to know what we're talking about. I'm just going to show up and have a conversation <laughs> about like what's real for me. Yeah, of course. And thank you for sharing. And thank you for doing that work. Because I think that's been the big piece of the spiritual bypassing that's been happening in our collective. Because, Mm -hmm. like I said, I've I've been navigating through grief my entire life. And it's allowed me to be more compassionate. It's allowed me to be um, more kind and more understanding and to hold that sacred space for my Mm -hmm. clients and people I'll meet in my life just so that they feel seen. And I think that's what we're really craving a lot of right now, especially with such this oversaturation of having to look right or present yourself right on social media and all these things. But I think there's someone who's truly done the work is, is comfortable showing the warts and all of themselves mm-hmm. online so that other people yeah. are like, I don't need to just show like my highlight reel of my life because exactly. that to me isn't authentic and genuine and creative content, which is what I shared in an episode um, a couple of weeks ago. But there, there, you have every permission to be unapologetically you, warts and all. And like I said, the, the experiences that we've navigated through, there's no accident to it. And mm-hmm. there's medicine and there's wisdom and there's guidance, not only for ourselves, if that pattern comes up again, but for someone else. Um, we'll meet yeah. down the line that again, can continue to anchor in more of that unity, connection, consciousness. That is why what we're here to really activate an anchor on this planet right now and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why um, vulnerability is such a powerful bonding mechanism. Like I, I always feel close to someone after I've cried or like they showed me something that isn't just their highlight reel. And we're so hungry for authenticity and vulnerability because it's like the world's a stage. It's such a facade, right? We're so over um, this idea that perfection even exists or that we can like be a part of it, you know? It's like all shapes in nature are like organic and round. And maybe there's like a, a rock that has like a big chunk out of it and something's happened to it and you don't know what's happened to it. And I find we're that same way. And when we show our truth, it has such a way of like, 
calling the realness out of other people too. So um, that's why I do my best to show my warts and all. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's just, that's just permission to be human. Right. Yeah. And totally. I, I'm, I'm really grateful that we are living in a time where pe- more people are having this conversation, especially for the younger generations where they're feeling a lot more comfortable with people are being unapologetically who they are. And, yeah. you know, I wish I had more of that when I was a kid, but it's okay. I have that compassion and understanding exactly. of what I've navigated through yeah. um, to be able to share that. But I want to really talk about here because this has been so much of what we've been talking about up until now. I want to talk about the importance of filling up our cup. Uh, Mm. first through self-nourishment and really taking care of ourselves and our needs before we can really help others and the planet at large. Um, I know for me, I'm, I'm very big on social media sabbaticals and Mm -hmm. like I've said, I'm, I'm, I'm showing up on social media here and there, but mostly like my devotion right now is myself and my health, Mm -hmm. because this is Mm -hmm. the journey I've been navigating through since June of last year. And, uh, I want to hear, you know, what has been your experience or of choosing to have that non-negotiable of you filling up your cup so that Mm -hmm. you can share from that space of overflow and really be of service. Yeah. Maybe I'll start with the shadow of that. And it's, it's basically just like resentment 101. Here's resentment 101. Um, do too many things, try to be perfect and don't take time for yourself. So when I feel that resentment creeping in is when I know I need to come back to self in some way, because I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that this can actually be fun. It can be juicy. It can be enlivening. And if I'm experiencing more of the shadow than the light, then that lets me know, especially with social media, it's like, okay, I got to take a break and come back to myself because Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a pretty prolific amount of information in a lot of spaces and it it was that way before the internet. It's just who I am. When I would collect something, it wouldn't be just like one. I would be like, I think I need more and I want to experience more. And and there's this whole minimalist (laughs) thing. And like, I definitely get balance and order. But there's this whole, you know, everyone's like minimalist. It's like gray in their house. It's like gray on gray or like toe. And I love that too. But like, I'm a maximalist, actually. I like to have weird little, I just like my things, you know, for better, for worse. I like a lot of ideas coming in. And so for me, it's like when I start to feel cranky, unappreciated, all of those things where you might be pointing the finger at someone else, it's like, okay, let me pause and refill my cup. And for me, that feels like less screen time, more people time, um, Mm. less worrying about exactly what I need. Like I need the world to make me happy and focusing on someone else, like being a part of a community, giving something back. Um, Yeah, I just start to consider what that looks like. And a a lot lately, it's been like, what would make my inner child happy? And it's simple, Mm. like, oh, I want to wear pink today and I want to have red hair. I want to... I want to go for a walk and put my feet in the grass. I want to remember something. I want to read, I want to read a poem, you know? Um, So hopefully that answered your question. And I think it's really important to do that because then we can give authentically without control and without all of the mechanisms that we're seeing sort of fall down. And, you know, as a woman, especially like in relationships, the past would have been like me trying to like either 
make up for their lack of whatever. Okay. They're doing 20. I'll do 80% more. Like I'll go way out of the way instead of trusting and stepping back and receiving. And so now it's just hearing that call and knowing when it's necessary. And, you know, obviously every day we, it's a daily thing, right? It's definitely Mm -hmm. a daily thing, but it's like actually being able to tune in and see what you need before the meltdown or the whatever manifests. And believe me, I'm <laughs> some stuff has manifested for me physically over the course of the last year. And it's been a blessing. It really has. But also as energetic beings, we can start to sense that before something turns into a solid reality, it's hanging out as an idea, an idea that's reoccurring in your dreams or an idea that keeps coming up. And we can deal with it here It's like here it's easier before it manifests into physicality. And it's okay. Like part of this process is birthing things that we may not um, have consciously birthed and and realizing like, oh, okay, I can go down into my operating system. I can go into this space before it manifests and I can affect change. Um, And I think as we're coming into the age of Aquarius, it's going to be more and more and more about that etheric space. I mean, people are fucking, okay, I'm on a tangent. People are buying real estate on the metaverse. Don't even get me started, girl. Don't get me started. So listen, so listen, (laughs) if that's not, if that's not an indicator of, um, yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's real dumb to me because we need to take care of what we have out here. That's bad, but, but it's giving, it's giving us an idea of, who we are etherically to me. It's like I can see it big picture and then I can see the minutia of it. And I'm trying to pan out and get a better idea of who I like. I am the metaverse, actually, you know, like you don't have to pay to buy the real estate. <laughs> Before we dive deeper into this conversation, I want to share with you that this episode is brought to you by one of the most game-changing, life-shifting experiences known as Thrive. This is the ultimate eight-week self-discovery journey that's here to help you experience sovereign embodiment because here's the truth. Sovereign embodiment is your foundation for sustainable success. So if you're ready to reprogram your subconscious mind, if you're ready to break free from consciousness traps, if you're ready to uncover your mission, your medicine, your purpose, and really move the masses and lead with integrity, Thrive was designed with you in mind. So in this eight-week experience, you can really dive into the depth of your soul and really overcome the challenges and shift your perspective and really just begin to honor your past by integrating the wisdom and the lessons that you've learned along the way to connect the dots and to realize your soul's greater mission and purpose. So if you're really ready to break free from the shackles and transmute the conditioning that's kept you small and transform it into fuel that's moving you and inspiring you to share your message and your medicine out with the world. And if you're ready to cultivate a relationship with the cosmos to answer the call and serve the masses and your community on a deeper energetic level and with the drive and with the focus to take your power back and become fully embodied in your sovereignty and lead with your authentic power from this space 
Thrive is here to help you come into wholeness and to ascend to your highest embodiment. So if you want to discover more about this life-changing experience, I encourage you to check out sabrinariccio.com slash thrive, or you can obviously click the link in my bio, all my Instagram over at Sabrina Riccio to discover more, to see testimonials, to read testimonials, to hear the experience and just really overcome the very things that have held you back. Because here's the truth. You are here ready to activate and embody your truth and the world is ready to see what you're made of thrive is this revolutionary experience that will really help you embrace why you're here so let's help you unleash your medicine with the world again you can check out sabrinariccio.com slash thrive and if you have any questions feel free to dm me over on instagram at sabrinariccio but without further ado let's dive back in It's really funny you say that because I saw one of my good girlfriends, she posted this thing and it was like, it was like a meme. And I was like, first you got me with pogs, then you got me with beanie babies. And now you're getting me with, with the metaverse, you know what I mean? And I just thought it was (laughs) hilarious because it's, you know, there's been, and that can be also the pattern of, of making that mistake. Uh, you know what I mean? And, or, you know, who knows? I know there's a lot of people with a lot of money that have invested a lot of money into it, but it's like, why are you continuously bypassing the earth when this is why we're here? And to me, I think the metaverse is more like you were talking about creating authentic, um, authentically without control. And to me, that feels like a control mechanism for people, Um, where they're not authentically themselves or hiding behind this avatar, whatever thing. And yeah, spending millions of dollars on something that's not tangible. Yeah. It's just, it's just to me, like, it's so silly and I'm so grateful you said like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) Because to me, like I said, it just makes, it's just, there's so many other things that we can, that especially people with that much money can put in like for our water, uh, exactly. You know what I mean? To, to actually do, to make a difference and to share a legacy of purpose rather than just yeah. keeping up with the tech. But, you know, that's the reality they're in. A lot of them are tech, totally. are tech people. Exactly. Um, so that's, yeah. that's what they see. So it's like, oh, obviously, if that's the world that they're in on, you know, on a physical, you know, surrounding or whatever – they're like, this obviously makes sense. But for those of us who are actually grounded, we're like, this doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. The tagline for the matrix is just because I can, I will. And the tagline for um, the 5D, if you will, is about discernment. It's about wisdom. It's about a burning away of some of that like ego and bravado Um, and you know, we, like you said, time is about like how we allocate and our energy is a form of currency. And if we're giving our energy to all of these ideas and this like hamster wheel, then we can never really connect with our own true power, our own magnetism, our own ideas of what success are. And they're not, um, they're far more intrinsically based. And I find that, um, Often the people who have the most intrinsic joy have the less shit, just less stuff, right? 
and the stuff will never end. They're going to try to sell us every single thing that uh, we already have. Um, and it's annoying. And I'm glad that we're talking about it. Yeah. I'm just, like I said, I'm just grateful. And I think like part of the deeper medicine of the pandemic too, was that a lot of people had more time to do deeper research. And so I think for those who maybe haven't been as devoted on their self-awareness journey, that was the initiation for them. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I know my deep spiritual path really began in 2012. Um, actually more so 2011, but like when I got struck by lightning in 2012, I'm like, all right, game on. This is, this is mm -hmm. why I'm here. And we finished, uh, you know, a, beyond a seven-year cycle from that 2012, 2013, that shift into the beginning of the Aquarian age. And I think we are the one, the ones that had their awakening a couple years before 2012. We're the ones that are really here to be the initiators, not even the initiators. Yes. I think God is the initiators, but we're here to help be leaders um, mm -hmm. and to share from our experience and our wisdom. And so... I'm, you know, I want to talk about the alchemical process of really turning our pain into power mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because, you know, question. we've been, we've been talking about grief. We've been talking about dream state. We've been talking about the subconscious. We've been talking about 3d to 5d mm -hmm. and there is an, there is alchemy and during that transmutation of pain into power. So I would love mm -hmm. to hear your experience with that on how mm -hmm. it's, made you the sovereign leader uh, that you are yeah. today to really revolutionize the world with your medicine. Man, that's a good one. I love that. The pain into power. The first thing that one must do to alchemize, their, <laughs> yeah, to alchemize their pain into power is to step into the pain. And that's a thing that I think, okay, so if we're numb, if we're numbing ourselves in any way, right? And We've all, we've all been there. This is no like judgment. This is just totally. what I've learned over time is that we have to, like the only way through is through. So we have to be willing to go into our pain as soberly as possible, right? And there's, there's gifts in that. There's gifts in really feeling um, the depths of those, the, the pain and also feeling into what sort of shadowy figures are living in it, right? Like who's mm -hmm. like, what's this energy in the corner that we haven't dealt with? Like this is the, this is the hero's journey. This is the heroine's journey. This is how you become trustworthy to yourself. It's not that the shadows don't exist, but we go into them and we become curious about who's lurking in the corner and what they believe. And we extend love. We basically extend light and we become more light beings ourselves. And that's how we, I mean, that's how we alchemize. And I think that mm even I've numbed and shut things down. And, you know, the beauty of the system is like for a while it can just take, it can take it, right? It's like, okay, another layer. Okay. Okay. And then eventually something manifests that says, Hey, stop right where you are. There's accumulation of the past. Let me figure out how I can release this. And sometimes it is through a disease or it is through pain or it is through something that we don't want to feel but if we're not used to feeling it, our body is going to eventually do us a favor and stop us in our tracks. And, you know, Purge before it. that, it's mm -hmm. exactly before mm -hmm. that, it's just this daily invitation and our, our emotions are the daily invitation into what's coming up for us. Like, are, you know, are we clenching? What's the quality of our breath? Um, it's so multi-layered, but it starts with the willingness to really feel 
what's happening and we feel through the vehicle of our body and obviously our thoughts have a, a, a felt quality to them and we soon start to realize that we can either listen to the voice that's pretty pre, pre-programmed. Like here's one thing that uh, sovereignty is, sovereign's part of the, the word and I'm thinking like, man, I've given away so much of my power and maybe this is too much information, but I was doing an enema today and I was like, do I have any business doing this to myself? Like, do I know enough about my own body? Like I was legitimately afraid and I needed someone to give me permission. Mm -hmm. And part of that is just our whole lives. We've been groomed to give away our power and seek outside information about an inside job. Right. Mm -hmm. So the more that we reclaim that, that sovereignty, the more we're going to be able to alchemize pain into power. Cause we're not waiting. We're not waiting for daddy. We're not waiting for someone to say, here, here you go. Um, I know I meandered quite a bit around that question, but that's what immediately came up for me. It's perfect. You know, yeah. and like, I just, it, like I said, but that's also been part of the authentic content creation to show mm-hmm. that side. That's been part of the genuine connection with your following your community that has to me, I think if you're able to be transparent about that there's a deep like you said earlier there's a deeper level of respect that's cultivated Mm -hmm. through that where the listener the reader the person whoever they feel seen and again i i it's i'm very discerning you're talking about uh fifth dimensional aquarian age discernment um i've been super discerning on who i bring on this space because Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to have and to showcase genuine leaders um, because, you know, like in this world of social media, anyone can purchase followers or, you know, have some viral thing, but they're not genuine in who they are because maybe they haven't done the work or they're scared to look within. And again, no judgment. Um, yeah. But there's also really amazing people who've been devoted to the transparency and the honesty and the realness. And like I said, I think over time, because I don't necessarily, I don't know how social media is going to evolve. I know a lot of us are practicing more of that discernment on how much of our time and our presence we give to something or the constant scroll or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if this is going to be a tool that's going to be around, we need to be discerning of how we honor our time, how we, um, what we put our energy into, who we're following, and also who we're listening to. Is there a comparison paralysis that's coming from those people? Or are you listening to those people um, because there's inspiration? I think that can also be part of the journey of alchemizing pain into power as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. <laughs> you know, we're not we're not looking for that external validation of our worthiness anymore. And that can be mm-hmm. a painful pattern of our past. I know that was something that for me, I'm having a lot of low self-esteem and never really felt seen or heard when I was a kid going through a lot of grief and a lot of death and mm-hmm. um, struggles with my weight and my body and just my overall mental health. And at that time too, mental health was such a taboo in, you know, the 90s and early 2000s. So again, I'm grateful that there's a time where we're speaking up transparently and having more of these conversations and being able to offer more resources to help people as well. But I want to dive in as well to the massive role that you found yourself, how your passions really play 
how they play in when it comes to you honoring your purpose. I love that. I love that question. Um, I've, I, I feel really lucky to, well, like if you had told me as a little girl that, you know, you'd be this certain age and you'd be doing this thing that feels really exciting and um, nourishing and challenging at the same time, but that you really get to spend your time doing what you love. Um, I don't know what I would have said. Maybe I would have been like, of course I will be, duh. But, you know, I went through a period where I went through a period where that that sort of was hard to find. And so it's been this um, it's been this journey of uh, almost just like really awakening the latent information that lies in a seed. Right. So we're all mm-hmm. these like seeds that come in with. um um, a will, a trajectory, something that wants to play out within us. And if we have the courage enough, I mean, it just sounds like every sort of like Lord of the Rings, but it's true. Like if you have the courage to like look within, then you find this um, deeper meaning, this um, this adventure to life. And the thing about it is like, it's not a paved highway. It's not the one where they're like, come on, go this way, 2.5 kids, here's your whatever, here's your diploma, here's your thing. It's actually a bit outside of that because we've been given Mm -hmm. a really narrow um, view of what we can do and what it means to be human. And I've kind of lost the question, but that's that's what's like bubbling up for me is that I've been on this um, real journey within within myself to carve out a space where I I uniquely fit. Like something I love to say in the space that I'm in. Basically, I just want to redirect people back to the brilliance that lives inside of them. And so it's like, yes, you can come and experience that within any container that I've made, but you don't need me. You don't need mm-hmm. to stay with me. You don't need to keep following me. If you've gotten what you need and you're and you're on your way, that's okay too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's something else I was going to say, but I lost it. <laughs> yeah, it's just with your passions. I think I think you found that within yourself. And so that's that's what you want to unleash out there. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. So that's just to sum it up. But uh, I don't get to ask. I have a few more topics I've really wanted to talk about with you because I don't get to talk about this one often. Mm. Um, But I'm curious to hear how plant medicine has played a massive role Mm. in your healing journey and in your soul's evolution. Because I mean, you ran the Holy Smokes podcast and you know, you've been, that's been such a big part of your brand as well. So I, I, I'd love to that's hear good. how this medicine and these medicines, plural, yeah. there's so many different kinds of plant medicines out yeah. there have yeah. uh, really catalyzed you on your healing journey. Well, even just like animal medicine, like I have this snake totem. Um, I love the idea that we've evolved alongside plants and animals and that before there were books that told us everything that really the essence of the thing was speaking to us. So the only reason that we have these sacred recipes that have come down is because we've had ancestors who have had um, a deep, deep intrinsic relationship with plants. And from all of the research that I've done and from all the things that have been activated within me, it's like this was a part, this was a plan and a part of human evolution. And I think there's a plant for everyone. Is it psychedelic? Mm-hmm. Does it blast you off outside of the DNA strand and to the metaverse? Maybe not. Maybe like Bufo is not for Define you. Define metaverse. Just kidding. 
<laughs> just all that is, all that exists yes. outside of the like the bubble of our identity, our timeless self, right? Our soul, mm. our essence, right? And I've had some amazingly powerful experiences with things that have um forced isn't the right word, but I love I'm I'm I love tough love. And you know, sometimes we can so be like, nope, I'm in the driver's seat, I got this. And my invitation into plant medicine was like, yes, you have been given the opportunity to co-create, but there's something beyond that. And there are forces that are really strong yet loving that can show you so many things. And so my, I felt like a late bloomer a lot because I grew up super religious and dogmatic. And so never mm-hmm, really thought that any of those things would be a part of my life because I was like on dare and I was a good girl and, you know, just like all the things. And, and then as time happened and I evolved, I got invited into the, you know, the plant initiations and they haven't completed. I mean, there's definitely people that like sit all the time. And I think that that can start to be problematic in many ways. And I think our sort of quick fix society has us, you know, like we go to a sacred medicine and we bring that same, like, go, go, go get them. I'm going to like eradicate this thing and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I'm going to heal it automatically. And I think life is more of an unfolding. And so for me, it's like, at first it was like, you know, a bit of an obsession. I was like, wow, like this is so amazing. And now it feels like I'm in this deeper relationship with it. Like the romance phase is weared off and I'm like, okay, there really is something here, but also big periods of integration. So we can, Mm -hmm. we can step in and sometimes we can have these big peak moments without the many little titrated steps that help it really land within our consciousness and within ourselves to move in a different way. And so, yes, I've, I've, I've experimented and I love that because I'm, I'm deeply curious. And I think that's a part of the thing. It's like, Oh, if if these two substances happen, or if I, if I'm on a little microdose of mushrooms, I feel this or wow, cannabis can make me feel really creative. And so I have been over the course of the last really just seven or eight years, um, mm-hmm. opening myself to those experiences. And I found they've been like supercharging. Um, they just opened me up. There's no other way to put it that just spirit could just come rushing in where there was like blockages. Mm-hmm. It just like, I don't know. I see like sediment Transmuted being like shook out of me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. all of the impurities being sh- like shook out and I'm like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thank mean, you. Like I, like I said, so many parallels. I actually have a funny uh, dare story when I was in dare in like fifth grade. And we <laughs> had like a uh, like an anonymous box where we could ask Officer Pete questions. And I asked Officer Pete, if cannabis is bad, why is Susan uh-huh. Sarandon smoking it in stepmom and is helping her with her pain from her cancer? Wow. Look I at you that, go. But I was like 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he, couldn't you, and he couldn't answer. And he couldn't answer. And I was in Catholic school because I'm very similar. Uh-huh. Like I grew up in a very dogmatic Italian immigrant household okay. where it was like my grandmother always saying, "Be careful, it's danger out there." When I left, left the house yeah. and went to church with her every Sunday, I totally understand. Um, but you know, those those that really sparked something. When I was ten years old. I was like, "You can't answer that." But why is what? Where's the the similarities of of what's being presented and and then seeing exactly. it throughout my own journey, that actually was a tool that really helped me um, 
especially when I navigating through and healing and just presence. And, but then, like you said too, there is that time where we can overindulge and we become disconnected um, from it because we don't allow that time of integration. I was just having that conversation with my dad, like now cannabis today, the strains are so strong that with the potency and I'm in California. So it's like, you know, I told my dad, it's been, it's been like two, like a year since I've smoked just because of all my health issues. But when I was smoking recently, um, I would have to make uh, spliffs with uh, chamomile, lavender and rose and a little bit, just a very little of cannabis. So in a way I was microdosing it because the it's, it's too strong for me. So I think there's also that understanding Mm -hmm. of our understanding and awareness of Yes, like maybe some things like to go out of your comfort zone to take that edge and to take that leap, but also what's too much. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people overindulge in deep plant medicine ceremonies of ayahuasca or whatever, Mm -hmm. and, you know, to each their own. But um, I I don't know, for me personally, I'm just such a huge uh, proponent of microdosing um, because I think, especially if you're someone who's been devoted to the work and you have a deep understanding of yourself, like you said, when you're talking about like, you don't need me anymore, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's, there's, there's a purpose to it and people or things can come into your life for that season. And, you know, but I don't, I think you have the power within yourself to maybe work with these tools or work with this coach or work with this mentor or whatever. And you just need that little that little shift. Um, I don't think we necessarily need to go like full blast all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that's something that I'm passionate on sharing and who knows, maybe that's part of the dare (laughs) education I got from like, you know, my childhood in that sense. Um, But it's also being able, and I think this goes in all areas of life. How can we cultivate balance? Um, And I think going back to what you said earlier, this is part of the discernment journey um, yeah. that we're really navigating through on what, what, is, what is too much, too much. And when is enough enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the slow and steady path. Now it feels really sensual. It feels like, okay, I'm, I'm taking a tiny little bite and then I'm allowing my body, my experience to digest it. And then I'm taking mm-hmm. another one. And ultimately we get there, right? We still mm-hmm. get wherever there is, but it's a totally different journey than bringing that hustle from the matrix into spirituality. And I think that's part of what's being illuminated and extricated and all the other words for we're letting it go to find a, we're coming back to balance, right? I see the pendulum swinging and it swings really far out, right? And then it comes back into like the shamanic path, which is the middle path, right? It's the ability to be in the world, but not of the world. It's the ability to be in liminal space with ourselves instead of going to like reaction. It's, it's like all the things actually. And, you know, I think being a younger person, it would have sounded really boring to go the middle way. I'd be like, no, like, I want that. I want that. Like, that edge and that, you know, I want my skirt blown up. And now it's like, okay, my skirt can be blown up by like slowing down and like actually enjoying it and savoring it and bringing like this level of presence that outdoes performance or a lot of like big movements. It's like these little, like even in bar class, the class I go to, and they always say, use muscle over momentum. And a lot of people are just Mm -hmm. out there just flailing. Right. And then it takes like, 
wisdom and discernment and practice and devotion to actually like lift your leg in this way without just like throwing it. Right. And Mm. to me, that's what feels really good, you know, to like get off the hamster wheel in many ways. And it, you know, it doesn't mean that there's not passion. It doesn't mean that there's not long nights. It doesn't mean that there's not challenges, but I think it, you know, just that the, the thing that we're talking about really makes, um, and on a really practical level, just makes life manageable. It makes mm-hmm. us be able to be more in connection with our joy and our heart um, and truth. I love that. So I'm guessing that's just been really the driving force that you've been wanting to share within your communities and you know your students and whatnot. And I know you have a retreat coming up as well. So what was mm-hmm. the intention on putting this together and cultivating that space for transformation? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I feel people are, are ready to gather together. I mean, the last two years have been really harrowing. And I think many of us are, re- are ready to be in person and experience that alchemy. And I thought there's no better backdrop than someplace that's like beautiful and warm and the sunshine is energizing us. And then we're taking this deep dive into the heart, which can be, can be scary, right? I like, I love the analogy of as the heart as a cave. It's just like this endless cave of information. It, it can connect us to other realms, but it also has really practical implications for life. And I'm like, okay, after my mom passed away, I was really given this big download about the amount of broken hearts, just sort of walking around with, with no place to go with all this energy to, um, be in the presence of. And so the way of the heart for me is that it's that slowing down to be able to get into the chambers of the heart and to really understand yourself from that level, to experience healing, to experience joy and creativity. For me, it's like what isn't contained in this space, but then actually creating um, intention around navigating some of it. Cause it can be, I mean, heartbreak can make you feel like your life is over and you're dying physically. So like, there's so much power here. And for me, the way of the heart is just an immersive experience back to yourself through the avenue of the heart, which I think is really powerful. We've been run by logic for so long and um, it seems really like disrupting to actually like use the power of the heart, which we know is 60 times more powerful just on like a physical level. The body creates an energy field and the heart power is 60 times more than the mind. And we like worship at the mind and, you know, we want to make the mind a servant to the heart. I love that. Yeah. So you're doing that in May, mm-hmm. right? May 12th to the 15th, I think you said, yes. right? In Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amazing. Yes. And there's yeah, such I'm ancestral excited. medicine in the land of Mexico. Um, totally. You know, it's the such waters. A, totally. There's just such a profound uh, interwoven medicine of this and spirit that, that really reigns supreme there. Mm. Um, mm. So all of the links that. are going to be in the show notes. If you're interested and you're listening, you're like, okay, this conversation is really taken me to higher heights and I'm ready to also dive in deeper and yeah. return back to the heart. Um, but to close out this incredible conversation, I've had such an amazing time with you and like, I'm just still blown away by all the parallels between <laughs> us, but I want to ask my lightning round questions uh, that I close okay. out every episode with. Okay. What does sovereignty mean to you? 
Uh, it means to be able to stand for and with another without um, knowing that they're capable. I'm just here as, um, I'm just here holding space. Hmm. I love that. What concert would you say was one that really shifted and revolutionized your life that was just pure medicine? Man, that's a really good question. I'm such a dork. Okay, well, the person I've been to see in concert the most is someone named Citizen Cope. I've been so many times mm, that we're friends gosh, now. Yes. He just like he just like knows me now. Um, <laughs> hi, Clarence. We just talked today, actually, on the gram. Um, yeah, I think that I don't know what it was about it, but um, yeah. I definitely listened to Citizen Copa like years ago. So that's amazing. Nice. <laughs> uh, I was a music journalist before all this craziness. So, uh, <laughs> wow. That's so cool to know. So I, I value that. Uh, what would you say to your younger self that you wish or you always needed to hear? Keep going. You'll find the light. You'll find your beauty. It's all going to be worth the the perceived struggle and it, it was, and it is, but mm -hmm. I think I just try to reassure myself. I love that. Yeah. What would you say is like the most profound book you've ever read? Mm. The shamanic way of the bee. Mm. It really changed my uh, ever evolving relationship with um, nature really. And knowing it as this intelligent, uh, mystical life force. Yeah. It's an important book. I love that. Where can we find more of you? Just my name, Asia Ophelia. Or you could type in the Girlfriend Manifesto. I always just say all roads lead home. And yeah, you'll find me. Instagram, my website, whatever. I love that. And what last little nugget of wisdom do you want to share? I think just gratitude. I think we've all like seen these memes about how we just like wouldn't incarnate again. Like we're just so over it. Like how would I have chosen to be a part of this? And I'm finding this real sweet, um, the joy of being alive and remembering the beauty is what makes suffering worth it or whatever. Um, and that you've got community. You've always got community and sometimes looks like invisible helpers. I love it that we, invoked that spirit of help because we're not here just on our own accord. I'm not telling myself to breathe or beat my heart. There is this deep intelligence that we are connected to and a part of that wants to be in deep relationship with us. So that feels, cause I just love, I love going deep. It feels good that there's something else that is, is willing, available and ready and, and, and will show me itself um, through everything, everything in the world. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's safe to say, I feel like I've really gotten closer to a soul sister. I didn't know I had with this episode. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciate you, Aisha, for coming here. Let us know what you think. Check her out. If you're interested in diving in deep and going on that retreat, let her know you heard this conversation and and you're ready to take that leap. And in the meantime, I just want you all to know that whatever it is you've endured, there's a divine purpose to it. And you have the power, you have the ability to reclaim that power back and to rewrite that story and to really understand there's a purpose behind it all. And you are here. You have 
the opportunity to really unleash your medicine from it all. So again, thank you, sis, for being here. Thank you for taking the time. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll be seeing you soon. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this powerful episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. To keep this conversation flowing, I invite you to join us over at the Sovereign Society private Facebook group and to follow us over at Sovereign Society podcast on Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes and so much more. I welcome you to come on over and say hey on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And if you love these conversations, please support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. To share the love, all you got to do is search Sovereign Society Podcast. And of course, if you're ready for more, stay tuned for next week because we've got a whole new episode coming your way. Take care. Satnam. Satnam.